So, because I'm doing uh, the, this series on the ancestors of uh, New Thought, I was going to call it Antecedents, but others have already taken that title, so I thought, well, the ancestors, it's the same thing. It's those long-ago influences that led to the New Thought movement. The New Thought movement didn't just start in the 1800s. It started officially got a name, but there were scholars and teachers and practitioners who had a lot of influence. That the, the, the Charles, Charles Fillmore really studied a lot of Plato and what have you, and... The, this this gentleman, this teacher, Origen, and I know you're saying, oh, not another talk about Origen. <laughs> Anybody saying that? <laughs> yeah, have you ever heard of him? No. Origen. Have you? Oh, I haven't. Yeah, how about that? <laughs> Origen was uh, there around there with Plato. He studied with Plato. P-L-A-T-O, <laughs> not the clay. <clears throat> so Origen, believe it or not, was one of the most distinguished theologians and scholars of the early Christian church. Uh, he he uh, is thought to have been born at Alexandria around 185 CE. You don't know, common area. Com <laughs> common era. <laughs> Doug, do I have reverb, Doug? Do I have reverb on my mic? I'm getting an echo up here. It's the one labeled Sean's. It's the one labeled Sean's. I don't, okay then. Suddenly the, the hall has grown. Uh, let's take a little off his then, please. So, so he, uh, he, he, see Common Era and died at Caesarea around 254 CE. And he was known for his brilliant and extensive writings. Now he had three great contributions to new thought. His Christology or theology of the nature and person of Jesus, his concept of universal salvation or universalism, and his use of allegory to interpret the Bible. He, uh, he went through six versions of the Bible to really study it from its original word and get it, get it there to understand what's going on here. Because let's face it, I... Uh, when I was a kid, the Bible might as well have been written in Greek, <laughs> for all I understood of it. It's like a course in miracles to somebody first reading it. It might as well be written in a foreign language. There is so Charles Fillmore. Who knows what language that's written in when you first start reading it? <clears throat> but once you continue to read it with a desire to understand, if you get your teachers and your mentors to point the way kindly and lovingly, then you start to understand it. I could pull any one of those Fillmore books down off the shelf right now and teach from any one of them. That was not the case in the beginning. I could, I could, I know where to at least look to interpret the Bible now. You know, I could read a lot of it and not have a clue. Why did, now why did they write this? And, and why did they write write that. One unity minister at a retreat, Ed Townley, who was a Bible scholar, he, he really helped put the Bible into perspective for us one year. He said, let's put together a unity Bible. Now, what books would you put into a unity Bible? Anybody? Unity book or if, Bible book? If we're going to create our own Bible here in unity, mm. what, book, what books in the world would you put? The New Testament. A New Testament? The whole New Testament? Yeah. Matthew. Uh, 
Gospels of Mary. Gospels of Mary. Emmett Fox. Emmett Fox. Uh, Emily Cady. Emily Cady. Anybody else? Any other books you'd put if you're making up a new Bible? Marvel uh, Fillmore's Healing Letters. Healing Letters. What else? Power of Now. Science of Mind. Science of Mind. Do we already get the 12 steps in there? We can. <laughs> You're making up a Bible. Throw the 12 steps in. The 12 powers. The 12 powers. Okay, as that explained, that's how they created the Bible. <laughs> a group of people got together and said, well, let's throw this writing in there. Let's throw this writing in here. Oh, all the writings of Paul. Fine, let's put those in there. That's how they created the Bible. In the beginning, it was not uh, from on high, even though there are many teachers who would like to say that. I, I had, a, had a minister who got very upset with me. I, I used to, I guess, speak in her church a lot in Florida. And one day she got very upset with me, finally. I knew it would happen one day because she got very upset with everybody. <laughs> and eventually it would happen. And uh, when she decided, she said, Sean... I thought I told you I didn't want readings from any channeled books. I had read from the yellow book, from the Holy Spirit's interpretation of the New Testament. Several times. I mean, a lot. And every time I spoke there, I read from that book. And she said, and I said, well, actually, I've done it every time I've been here, really. And I said, well, here's the deal. Every book is channeled. Every single book is channeled. We're pulling from a divine mind to put word onto paper. And so it is, it's channeled from my highest mind. Hopefully it's not channeled from my ego. And, uh, well, she wasn't interested, and I don't speak there anymore. But that's beside the point. <laughs> uh, we fell out over other things, but... And it's okay, it really is. I miss her, actually. We were, I thought we were good friends, and I miss her, but that's... That's another day. I, uh, but, but to realize when you put together a compilation of things, that's what it is, a compilation of things. The Bible is really ridiculous in so many ways. If we did not have, Origen gave us metaphysical interpretation. The thought to do it through allegory, through moral, what have you. If you were to read the book of Joshua, if you did not read that through metaphysical interpretation, it's a bloodbath. It's horrible. He just goes into town after town after town, slaughtering them. Why? To win. Look at me, I own you. Look at me. Now, if you look at that differently, because it wasn't written about Joshua. It was written about several wars, actually, and they combined it into one Bible hero who fought the Battle of Jericho and the walls came tumbling down. It meant he was the hero. But let's look at it metaphysically, as Charles Fillmore would interpret it in the Metaphysical Bible Dictionary, is that all of those towns were states of our own limited thinking. That's the purpose of the Bible and it is to interpret everything as if it is a, a state of our thinking and our limited thinking. Every person, every town, every city, every body of land and every body of water is all an aspect of our mind. And we need to 
understand that. I remember after I'd been studying a little bit, at least a year in Unity, I was uh, studying Job. And after Job has lost everything, three friends, his three friends, I couldn't tell you their names right now. Do you know? Was it Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego? No, they were a different story. Oh, they story. were in the fiery furnace. Yes. <laughs> but I thought you might know. Oh, wasn't right. a test. <laughs> <clears throat> You're one of the closest thing to a Bible scholar we have here. Ah, <laughs> uh, as far as I know, unless somebody else knows. Okay. It doesn't, it's not important what their names are. The point is, I knew intuitively at this point to look up those names in my metaphysical Bible dictionary, and each one represented a different state of Job's limited thinking. Now, Here's the funny part. We're Job. I am Job. You are Job. And so if you look up your three friends, who you also are, or they're also you, you look up those three friends and that's, oh, that represents a limited state of my thinking. Limited state. And it's not there to say, you should be guilty for having this limited state of thinking. It doesn't say that at all. It doesn't say you should be ashamed for doing that. We had parents or grandparents to do that for us. We didn't need the Bible. Uh, and so to realize, oh, so when I think like this, this is the state of feeling I have. It doesn't mean that everything will be taken away from me. I mean, uh, in the book of Job, I mean, it's really bizarre. He loses everything. His, his not only are all his crops destroyed, his animal slaughtered, his family is murdered, the wives and the children and everything. This is why I have to laugh. <clears throat> because once he comes to himself, he gets all new stuff. And somehow there's no sorrow for having his whole family dying before. And it's like, oh, so it tells us because, well, for one thing, back then, everything was the man's object, wasn't it? The family, the crops, the wives, everything belonged to the person. They weren't people unto themselves. And so to look at that and say, oh, 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 oh. So, they weren't, but, so what was restored was his state of mind and his connection to his source. And therefore his connection to all beings. That's how I interpret that, by reading my Metaphysical Bible Dictionary and then praying and getting my own understanding of it. What's the other one? Sodom and Gomorrah was not about homosexuality. My goodness, how long are people going to continue to say the Bible says homosexuality is wrong because of Sodom and Gomorrah? And it's like, no, law, you know, all, what that was, uh, that was, that was, that was about... Really, women, and how horribly women are thought of. Because here's, if you read your Bible, it's right there in the Bible. This man had a, a visitor, a guest, in his home. And the drunken townsmen were going to come there and rape him. Well, he was a good host. He couldn't have his guest raped, so he gave them his daughters. I know, it's crazy, isn't it? You gotta look that up, though. 
because we got to find a new way of looking at all that. Otherwise, we're just going to hate those people. Yeah, you know, it's like, oh my gosh. Huh. But unfortunately, that it's not that far from the state of mind of a lot of people in the world today. You know, there are a lot of cultures who haven't grown beyond that. And it's up to us to grow through our own prejudices, through our own limited thinking, from our unspoken disbelief in God. I do believe in God, I said, all, and I would say all the time. I was reading, what was I reading? I was reading a Course in Miracles lesson, I think yesterday, maybe the day before, about that we are either sinless or we are not. Because you can't be partially sinless. In our God selves, we are sinless. Because God is not judging. God, what God is, is not judge and jury. What God is, is love. So if we take on our God identity in our conscious mind, I say, oh, in my conscious mind, I am love. Hmm, how about that? And my neighbor must be love. And my friends must be love. And if I come down to that, then I come down to, I thought I had enemies. Maybe I don't have enemies. Maybe there's no enemies in God. Maybe there's just people I have judged because either I've been taught to judge them or I was afraid because of what they did. And, I th and, and the, so that tells me, oh, I think the world is real rather than allegorical. What if our whole life is an allegory? If you really go forward and look and study, and I encourage all of us to go into our lives and study what is allegory? What is this? Where have I been confused in all this time of wanting to be free and then finding out, oh, I am. Oh, I am free. I forget who I was talking to the other day about that they just needed to figure something out. I said, no, no, it's figured out. It's figured out. You have to accept it. Except that it's figured out. There is a way. There's, there may be lots of ways for us to be happy. And no one has to die for it to happen. There are ways for us to prosper. And no one has to be stolen from to do it. We don't have to become thieves to prosper. And we don't have to uh, convince <clears throat> our friends that other people are evil in order for us to justify our thoughts about evilness. So our friend Origen here gave, he, uh, he really worked on the Christology. He, he worked on that. Now he wrote that uh, Jesus was the firstborn of all creation who assumed a body and a human soul. And he, it says he firmly believed that Jesus had a human soul and abhorred uh, docetism. And what if you don't know what doceticism? You word use that word often. <laughs> How about that? That what that is is it's the teaching that held that Jesus had come to Earth in spirit form rather than a physical human form. So Jesus did not teach that he was a spirit. 
uh, kind of like magician. But that, you know, you can do what I'm doing. I'm the same as you. If, if Jesus existed the way I would hope he did, he was blessed with an awakened spirit. He knew that he wanted light more than darkness. He, and that, how simple is that? I want light more than darkness. You know, when I stopped drinking, I just had to not, I just had to want to not drinking, drink more than I wanted to drink. When I stopped smoking, I just had to want to not smoke more than I wanted to smoke. That's all I needed in order to not smoke. How exciting is that? You know, and right now I want to eat more than I don't want to eat. You know, and it's, it's some days I want to gossip more than I don't want to gossip. Some of days I want to behave this way more than I want to behave this way. It's, it's, and so to pay attention, it's, what is it I really want? If I want light more than darkness, then I, I have to put down this gossip. If I want light more than darkness, I have to put down self-criticism. If I want light more than darkness, all that I have, it's so simple. I know it's not easy, but it's so simple. I remember at Lent time, we're not, we haven't done a Lent, a real Lent here in several years, but <clears throat> what, oh, I'm trying to remember. Oh yeah, one year I did the full Lent uh, fast from gossip, criticism, and complaining, and I did it for the 40 days. And right after Easter, I, I, I picked up, as it were. <laughs> and, uh, and I felt it. I felt the difference. It was not so attractive, and yet I, 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 was, I was addicted again to gossip, criticism, and complaining. A, a lot of times just in the name of laughs, because it was funny. And, so, but to, and I've never forgotten that. But when Edwin Gaines, after the first time I had experienced Edwin, and she did the, the, the thing about a 21-day commitment for no complaining, for 21 days, because she said it takes 21 days to break a habit. And as she says, in that 21 days, should you, should you find yourself complaining? No big deal. Forgive yourself and start your 21 days over. And as she said, on day 20, you might really want to pay attention. <laughs> so that first time, I tried it. For three days, I was sweating. It was so hard. And on day four... I said, I want to complain, and I did. I gave up because it was too important to me, and my ego had stayed at that point. I wanted to complain, and I knew it. And I remember telling that story. Edwin was on, uh, in the audience the next time she came to town, and I, uh, I, told, I was platforming in New York, and, and I told that story, and one of the board members was so offended. I disrespected Edwin. Edwin said, you were hysterical. You don't hurt me. Uh, you know, I just testified about how hard it can be. These spiritual things, very difficult some days, but very possible. And that's what makes them so exciting. How possible they are. are. All of us here in this room have experienced joy on at least a couple of days because we have practiced what we talked about on Sunday, we have practiced what we've talked about in a class, we have practiced what we've taught in a, what we were taught in a book, 
We have all experienced days and hours of joy and freedom because of people, our antecedents, our ancestors of new thought, who said, try this and see if it's different. And we did, and it was. Anybody disagree? No matter how many times we have lapsed into old behaviors, we know the difference. And for some of us, that it can make it harder if our uh, guilt level is stronger than our forgiveness level. Guilt does not pay off the way it used to. Guilt is just makes life so hard and it's not kind. And yes, it will awaken us, but it's the long way around. Love is always that uh, of what was possible. Now, Origen believed that Jesus of Nazareth was the earthly manifestation of the divine mind or the logos. He, he saw Jesus Christ as pre-existent, having lived before incarnation in the world as Jesus of Nazareth. For Origen, Christ consciousness was attained, not ordained. Pay attention to that. Christ consciousness is attained, not ordained, which tells us Christ in me can be awakened now if I want it. Christ in me can be awakened now. It doesn't mean Jesus is awakened in me now. It means that uh, Christ in me is awakened now. And we can, we can help each other. You know, we, said, we have a wonderful song here called I'm Gonna Look Twice at You. Do I see the Christ in you? And uh, <clears throat> I think it starts in the bathroom mirror in the morning. You start that song, I'm gonna look twice at you. You know, to look at yourself in the mirror until you see the Christ in yourself. Imagine if we didn't leave that mirror until we recognized the Christ in ourselves. Some of us would spend all day long by the medicine cabinet, <laughs> or at least hours. But that's only because you're resisting. I have a friend, who, she can't look in the mirror and say, hi God, because she feels it's sacrilege. She feels she's not respecting God because of the way she was brought up. Now, this is a woman I know who's been in unity for years and years and years and years and still can't look at herself and say, hi, God. Maybe if she put these glasses on, she could. Oh. <laughs> I just got these this week. I'm very pleased with them. Uh, but hi, God. Hi, God. I, I can look at you and say, hi, God. I can look at every... I think I have experienced Christ awakened in... Well, um, I don't know you, but uh, uh, most of you, I've witnessed the Christ awakened in you at least once, if not several times. And when I say that, what I mean is I've looked at you guys and seen light. Even back there, I can see your light. How do I know? You came up these steps on a two-degree Sunday. <laughs> and so, because you wanted to be here. That's light. That is light to me. And so, we can thank our friend Origen, we can thank our friend Plato. We're going to continue on the Sundays that I'm here to talk about our ancestors of new thought. We're not doing a history lesson of these people. That's not the point. You can go get your intellect satisfied. Go, go on truthunity.org, uh, look up these people, 
you can go to Google. Google is our friend. And get the history because that's not the point of why I, I am talking about these people these days. I'm uh, pointing out that it was a long time before we were consciously aware of it that uh, we were being pointed in the right direction. For our thinking, as they say, thought is cause, not effect. And so as we move forward in our day, let us know, let us know now that I have thoughts in me to heal everything. And I'm willing to use them. And so it is. Amen. Amen.